What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Hope all is well with you all. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in last week to the episode we did with Pastor Christina on friendship. Got some great feedback on that. Uh, keep sharing with me uh, just kind of your responses. I love engaging with you guys on uh, what these uh uh, podcast episodes are doing for you guys like we always say we don't have all the answers but it's just to get the conversation going and so i'm glad that this has sparked some conversations y'all have reached out and shared some dope stuff um but today we've got an amazing guest on the show with us uh she is a woman of god she is an op- entrepreneur she is a creative she's out in la helps pastor harbor church i'm talking about ray uh for those who may not know who ray is she is uh, the creator of Evermore. She's killing it with the stuff that she's doing. And we got her on the show to talk about her journey as entrepreneur slash creative. And I'm excited uh, for what she's going to share with us today. What is up, Ray? How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing really good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I can't <laughs> complain. It's getting warmer out here every day. And uh, yeah. Everything is good. How's the uh, LA life and being quarantined and the whole COVID nineteen season going for you? Yeah, um, it is very interesting. I mean, LA is shut down, which is the weirdest thing to see. Um, the streets are so bare; you can get to like point A to point B in ten to fifteen minutes, which is wow, unheard of here. Yeah, um, it's it's just been crazy. And then first COVID nineteen, I think. I mean, it's been good for me personally in the sense that, like, I really needed to slow down. There's a lot going on um, that I've been overjoyed with. Um, but, mm. you know, when you process on behalf of others, uh, what's happening? I, like, I'm overwhelmed with uncertainty sometimes. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I didn't know if you could hear me. I'm so sorry. I'm actually going to get off my headphones. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, we're. I think we can hear you now. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'm good to go. Awesome. So you're talking about uncertainty and... Um... Yeah, just trying to process all of it overwhelming Mm. definitely paralyzing to think about Mm. that's real and and there's no sign of it slowing down over there right it's pretty bad um with everything that's yeah yeah for sure i mean our mayor is pretty great in the sense that like he's very um cautious about all the things that he allows or doesn't allow yeah um and compared to like what i'm hearing about other uh other countries Mm. and even states Mm -hmm. um so i feel i definitely feel like protected in the sense that our mayor is going to make a good decision but Mm. we'll see for sure yeah it's it's interesting times we're living in and um yeah, I don't know what the Lord is up to but I know he's doing more than 10,000 things at one time and so absolutely we'll see what comes from this but glad to hear that you're staying safe and you're doing well in these times Mm -hmm. thank you thank you how about you how's it been for you yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, Minnesota hasn't been too bad. We've been doing pretty well compared to different states, uh, but the yeah. numbers um, are rising. Um, it's not. There's mm-hmm. no signs of it getting better. It's just better controlled, I would say. 
Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that for me personally, I'm just, um, yeah, I just hope that we're able to find a vaccine. Um, I, ho- okay. I just hope that, like, you know, we we have solutions because if, if we go back to normal and, you know, nothing is really figured out, it's it's not right. really going to make matters it's going to make matters worse, not necessarily better. And Absolutely. so, yeah, just yeah. praying that it, 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 that God does provide a vaccine for us so that we're able to have at least some sort of ease as we're, you know, navigating through this. And so, um, but yeah, I think this season has been very, uh, it's, it's been good for my soul and it's been good for okay. other reasons. And so I know yeah. I, I've been able to see God work uh, despite uh, just the evil that we've had to experience. And, and, and so yeah. that's always good. I mean, I always say it's so dope being a Christian because, you know, you, you always get a different perspective. We have a different lens on what happens mm-hmm. to us. And so that, yeah. that's something that's kept me encouraged and sane in all of this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm so glad you guys are safe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. So I, I kind of alluded in the intro, um, that you are the creator of Evermore (laughs) and I I was going to leave that to you to explain what Evermore actually is before we get into it. But for those who are listening, I mean, we probably, we probably have listeners that already know what Evermore is, but for those who don't know, and for those that maybe don't know the full extent of what it is, can you help us break down what Evermore is all about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, this is probably the hardest question that I've mm. um, grappled with the last few years. Um, few years as in actually last year, because I launched July 2018. Um, mm. So I have a lot of different interests, a lot of different things intrigue me. And so explaining what Evermore is about for the longest, I always, like, I always felt like I have to have like a one-worded answer, like, mm. this is what I do, or this is what I sell. Mm. Um, but I've Finally, from, you know, that little box of mine. Um, and now I honestly just call it an experiment. Like, hmm. this business to me is really an experiment. Um, hmm. I had a concept, and now I want to prove it. And, hmm. you know, some things work, some things don't. Um, so, yeah, it's just a big experiment. My background, like, I went to school for biology. So wow. the idea of trials, the idea of testing, you know, different combinations and seeing, like, you know, if it works or not. And then even having like the patience or the grace to see like um, how long it's going to take or what changes it's going to require something mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with just yeah. because I've like conditioned my mind to that. Um, so yeah, Evermore is an experiment, but if you were to go on my site um, as of right now, it is a small shop for handmade clay earrings. Um, yeah. And, and then even that was, you know, I have, I never wear earrings or big earrings because they're either too heavy or I, like, I have ear sensitivity. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's just fix this problem. Um, mm. And I found a way to like change out my post within my own earrings. The post is like the part that goes in your ear. Yeah. Um, so I started buying like a hypoallergenic pieces to just change out my own jewelry and then change out like different materials from metal to clay. Um, and I was like, oh wait, this is lightweight or mm. this is, you know, hypoallergenic so i was just like solving my own problems um yet another experiment and right now wow. that's where my focus is that's so dope. so would you say that's actually the inspiration behind evermore just having that problem and wanting to fix it absolutely 100 percent. um i remember 
I don't, it was a long time ago. I don't remember who said it, but they were saying like every business must meet a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and business is not a hobby. And so for me, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of Evermore for the longest was a hobby and it wasn't actually meeting a need. Or if it was meeting a need, somebody else had it like a more efficient way of meeting that need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it has to be rooted in solving some sort of problem or question. That's so good. I um I don't know if you saw this conversation between Stephen Furtick and TD Jakes, um, but TD <laughs> Jakes was rude through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was hitting on that. Like TD Jakes was saying, the problem with a lot of people when they start a business is they wanna they wanna make money. They're trying to they're trying to. Mm-hmm be a millionaire they're trying to buy a house they're trying to travel but he was like the the business that are actually sustainable and the businesses that actually do something aren't for profit they're for people they're trying to meet a need and so how is that like speak to that a little bit before we move forward because i think that you know when you come in with it with that motivation i think it helps you uh even stick with it and follow through with it because you're not necessarily thinking about what you can gain from it, but you're thinking about how you could solve a problem. And so speak to, speak to that a little bit. Like where'd you get that heart for, from, or like how, like what, 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 what about you has led you to this place where you desire to fix that, that, that problem or even help people, um, in that, in that need? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, I mean, a word that we um, throw around a lot, especially within, like, the Christian community, um, is, like, intentionality. So, Mm. for me, like, what my need was was, like, an actual display of intention. Mm. Um, And, or, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. So, for me, I I honestly really started with meeting my own needs. um, With, like, Mm. my wedding, there's so many things that I wanted to make my wedding unique. um, Mm. And you get online and realize, one napkin, you know, that has your initials on it costs $300 for 50 or whatever. It was just like, yeah. it was so ridiculous, especially back then. Yeah. Um, not that that was a long time ago, but. <laughs> You've been yeah, in the game so for a while. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember like shopping around. Uh, I actually remember this one time as a kid. Um, I was at a gas station during like a family road trip. And you know the little keychains that, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to have like the Lisa's and the Rachel's and. Mm. And so on. And I was like, dang, I ain't never going to find a Reddit, you know? Like, that sucks. <laughs> and I was thinking about, like, what the cool ones are made out of metal. Like, somebody's actually manufacturing these these things. And those things mm. didn't exist for me. It didn't exist for my culture. Mm. Uh, and it didn't really exist for the things that I believed in. Wow. And so, for me, it was that. It was just create unique wow. or intentional pieces um, that kind of told the story of who you are. Yeah. And, that's now grown, you know, after my wedding, I was starting to like decorate my apartment. Mm. You go to Target and you're like, man, this is all like, <laughs> you know, cliche Pinterest quotes that, I don't know, they don't really speak to who I am or my experience. Um, mm. And so that's, that's the need in my mind that I started. Um, I started to like explore a little bit more, especially mm. in talking to other brides, or other people looking for pieces. Um, there was just that significant lacking, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, sorry if that was long-winded. No, that was so good. That's so good. I think that was powerful. And I think that even for me, it's a reminder because, you know, you you have ideas. And I think every in the, in the day and age we live in, everybody trying to be an entrepreneur. But yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a good reminder to, to check our why. 
and really mm-hmm. do it for the right reasons. And so I love what you said about, you know, thinking about your culture and thinking about um, your story and wanting to give an mm-hmm. opportunity for people, um, you know, that might not have the same opportunities as others, but build not instead of sitting around and just complaining that there was nothing provided, you were like, let me do something about it. And you, you became an answer to some of those questions. And so, no, that's really yeah. powerful. For sure. But on the flip side, I mean, if you have capital, I definitely am a firm believer in selling random products on Amazon or whatever <laughs> stream that you have. Yeah. So I, I think that there's like two types of businesses where like one is like meaningful and purposeful work for you. And then the other, you know, pays the rent. <laughs> so I don't think I also don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, that type of hustle. For sure. No, yeah, yeah. Anything to pay the bills, right? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the journey with Evermore. You said it started um, the summer of 2018, July, I believe you said. Um, yeah, I launched it. But that idea has kind of been brewing for about a year and a half before then. Okay, yeah, let us in on that. Like, what what has it been like for you to for you to think through a uh, process, for you to start, uh, even after you started, what, what it's been like since it's launched, like, Show, tell us a little bit about the journey. Yeah. So I initially, like I mentioned earlier, I initially got started um, just trying to, um, you know, find more efficient and costly ways to, mm-hmm. you know, decorate my home or plan my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started realizing, like, okay, there's definitely a huge interest here. Um, and so actually the first thing that I did was I became a member of a makerspace, which is – are you familiar with makerspace? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So – I always use the analogy of a gym. It's kind of like a gym where you're not going to go pay for all this equipment, you know, and put it in your house. You're going to, you know, pay membership to a space that has that for you. Uh, okay. um, so it's like a workspace that has a lot of machinery. And I became a member of, of one of those. And how I found it was so random. I was like, yeah, it's like a, I stumbled upon it type of story. Okay. Um, but yeah, I became a member there in Dallas. And then we moved like two weeks later. <laughs> Um, and so it took me forever to find one in LA, but I was a member of one like an hour and a half away. Oh, so wow. every Saturday, yeah, um, like in 2017, I would drive to this makerspace and I just hang around people. And mm. those people were also like building boats or mm. like doing something that, like, I don't know, was very functional, you know? <laughs> and so uh, one of the, like, one of the members there, he, um, like I said, he made boats, and so he had all these scraps, and he's like, hey, if you ever, like, want to learn laser cutting, you should just, like, you know, you could take my scraps. I need bigger pieces. Hmm. And so I started with, like, um, cutting out, like, keychains and cutting out coasters and earrings yeah. and stuff. And even just to do that, there was a lot of, like, backward learning. So I always hmm. fell in love with the product and then went backwards um, hmm. from, you know, how do you finish it, how do you design it online, yeah. and then how do you actually use a laser cut machine. So, um that's kind of where a lot of my learning for design came from. Um, yeah. And then when I wanted to make it my thing, it was so hard because at this time um, I kind of had the excuse of putting off school for a while just because we were moving and all mm. these things. And so originally I wanted to go to school for anthropology um, and get my master's in that. And mm. I went to like a fabrication store, which is like where you get like, um, like large pieces of plastic or wood for these maker spaces. Yeah. And I went and there was this lady there. Um, she was, I believe, yeah, she was some, some country from like Middle Eastern um, area. And 
she asked me, she was like, oh, what are these for? I had like neon and pink or whatever, whatever, like plastics in my hand. Mm. And mine just was like a store that like only construction workers shop at, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, what's this for? And I, I promise, like I froze as if my own father was asking me. <laughs> And I was like, oh, nothing. It's, it's just a dumb hobby, and I'm just going to do it today. And man. I, like, went out and was trying to answer to this wow. foreign lady, like, and as an excuse. And then went out to be like, but I'm going to apply for my master's in immunology. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Freaked out and, like, ran out of the store like I just got caught buying drugs or something. <laughs> and I remember, like, getting in my car, like, for all this lady cares, I could have told her I was a clown for a living. Like, mm. it actually didn't matter, but that exposed something deep within me mm. that I have this, like, fear of, you know, not going the traditional route or not wow. going to school, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But that fear was so, like, relevant in my wow. life that I lied to a complete stranger. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. I called Israel and I was like, um, I think I have a problem. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I think like since that exposure, I've just been trying to fight, fight that insecurity in me ever since, and that's how it really has continued to evolve. Um, oh, so yeah, man. that's how I started. If that <laughs> answers a little bit of that question. Yo, that's actually really deep. Can we can we go there for a second? Because I think that this is something we face a lot in our community, where yeah, exactly. you know, like like we we have people that. Uh, want to do things that maybe their parents would not approve of, of parents that wouldn't be supportive of, or, you know, it's not the, the doctor, lawyer, engineer route, you know, and we've got a lot of people doing things that they hate really, or things that they don't love simply to please mm -hmm. their family or their culture. Um, there are people that feel like they're trapped in a system or trapped in a, in a, in a workspace that um, they don't love, but it makes the money and it makes the parents happy. Um, right. Can we, can you talk to us a little bit about the, just kind of like the amount of courage that it takes to step out and not take the traditional route and what that yeah. looked like for you? Because I know, you know, me and my family, uh, like, as you know, me and my siblings, none of us took the traditional route. <laughs> like we all went, uh, yeah, we, we're a disappointment to the culture, but we're all <laughs> doing things that, you know, isn't, isn't really making the culture proud, but we're doing what we love. Um, and so we've had to endure some things and walk through some things and overcome some things. Um, but, uh, what what has that been like for you? How like where where did the courage come from? Because I know that moment was a defining moment where you realized um, what was going on internally. But how did you overcome yeah. that feeling and continue doing evermore? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. Um, there's a lot of parts to that answer, but I think mm. the initial, the main source of healing that I found for. Um, like my parents' expectations of my life and my siblings' life is honestly just understanding where they're coming from, and that mm. took a lot. So mm. I kind of I, I almost surrendered that fight with them, um, and not you know it's not easy for everybody. Not everybody has a good relationship with their parents or right. really knows that their parents have their best intention in mind. I know that's not you know um, like a, a norm across the board, but for yeah. me. You know, any and everything that my parents ever uh, put on me as far as expectations was really rooted out of, like, love and then also fear of, like, I don't want you to work two jobs or I don't mm -hmm. want you to 
have no choice when they say work an overnight shift and you know what are you mm-hmm. going to do say no and lose your job you know right. so like i know for them they just it was rooted out of just wanting be, like wanting it to be better so, so i think that alleviated a lot of stress for me as far as um where that came from to be honest for me it wasn't so much so of my parents it was more so like the community in general hmm. um that inner critic is very loud yeah, and yeah. you know when i found the root of it um, it was really through experiences of seeing other people, like you said, um, seeing other people being dismissed. Um, I had, yeah. a, I have an older brother, very similar to, uh, Venus passions. Um, mm. and I remember my, my, my family were at my sister's graduation, which was, she's becoming a pharmacist. My dad was going through like the school of, um, all the different, like the program where it shows you all the different schools yeah. within that university. And he felt the school of music. <laughs> <laughs> This is 2013, 2014, so not even that long ago. Yeah. And he was like, huh? There's such things? I was like, yeah, like, these are real careers and real degrees that people can have. Yeah. And he was genuinely shocked. And Mm. that's like, I don't know, that gave me so much grace of like, you really just don't know. And, Mm. you know, my daughter's son one day was like, I'm going to go do something I've never heard of. I've never been able to conceptualize or even see the success of it outside of like, white males you know mm. I, I too would be very protective and be like this isn't for us you know right yo that's um, actually deep yeah yeah and i'm not saying that's a healthy perspective i just understood where they were coming mm-hmm, from um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah so that was my my healing source was that was like they really don't mean harm but how i personally overcame it was honestly for failure like hmm. i couldn't find the motivation to save my life to submit one application um and mm. I had to, I had to almost see that 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 lack of motivation or lack of life that felt like I was going through. Um, and honestly, sometimes depression was. I realized it's because I was living in the wrong, like in the wrong pursuit. Um, mm. So I almost had no choice but to do what makes sense to me right now. Mm. Uh, but I still had a job. So <laughs> <laughs> the other side of that is. You know, I still worked a nine to five. I was, I'm, I just stopped being a teacher. So I still worked. Um, and it was in the leftover hours that I kind of am mm. building ever more. Yeah. That's so good. Um, there's so much to unpack in what you, in what you said. Um, but I just like how you ended off that, the answer I kind of wanted to pick up on. Um, cause I know, <clears throat> you know, we kind of, when we think about building, um, building the things that matter to us uh we mm-hmm. struggle sometimes we're thinking about oh man i gotta like quit my job in order to do this and then there are others that are like no don't quit your job just make it a side hustle and there are those that are like i don't know if i have time for it to be a, a side hustle can you can you speak to maybe um the commitment level because b- building something like evermore is not easy and doing mm-hmm. it on top of a nine to five and you and your husband just planted a church not too long ago. Yeah. So you've got a lot on your plate. Um, right. what, 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 what motivates you? Like what keeps you, um, going? Because it's so easy to be like, well, it's not making enough money. So I'm just going to drop this mm-hmm. and focus on my nine to five. But for you to be like, no, I'm going to work my nine to five and still build this because this matters to me. Like, where do you think that comes from? And how do you get the, the drive to keep going? Because you do have a lot on your plate. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like my answer to like, how did you learn this will always be like failure, but I burnt out. I tried to work full time and, you know, be in ministry full time and 
mm. be a wife full time and a sister and a brother. I mean, a sister and a daughter and so on. You know, I tried to do all those things full time and really just burnt out. Mm. And um, it wasn't pretty. And mm. that that almost that forced me to quitting things in my life that I didn't want to quit. Mm. Versus now I have a, more so of a balance. So there's times where, like for example, the six months before Harbor opened. Like whatever more, <laughs> I deleted my Instagram page. Like, yeah. there, you know, there's there's no way. Like you you have to reset your priorities in and mm. like in each and every season. And for me, like this is Israel's advice that I refuse to take for like the first two years. He said it, but <laughs> he always was like pick pick two out of three or whatever. Mm. Um, and so in each season of my life, like right now, my uh, my job is not as demanding, so my priorities are you know, church and evermore. Um, there's been times where like last semester I was teaching, um, and my priorities was church and teaching, but barely church because my job was so draining, you know? Um, and so there's, it's going to look different in every season, Mm -hmm. but I think the advice of like quit your job or don't quit your job is so dangerous because I think everybody's scenario and pathway is so different. Um, and so I think that's like something that has to be like independently broken down into smaller pieces Mm -hmm. and analyzed. Mm. Um, because for me, you know, quitting my job is not good advice. We live in LA and we ain't gonna make it, you know, <laughs> uh, but for somebody else, you know, if you're not paying bills right now or your mm. bills are low, you know, this might be the perfect time to take out, you know, a loan or what a business loan and pursue certain things. So it really is different for everybody. And I think it just means there needs to be a lot of like self-actualization and what you can so actually good. In that time, um, so because good. I was a victim of quit your job, and I remember for like a few months in 2017, I was like, I'll just be a sub, so I know like what days I can work and what days I don't. Mm. That way, like I can do evermore on the other days. And to be honest, I did more evermore things when I had a full time job and church was in full swing hmm. than when I had a week off. <laughs> wow. That, yeah. Yeah. No, that's I love that. I love that. Just breaking into yeah. It, it, we're all complex and we're all diverse in our experiences and in our seasons. And so I love that you're not giving a blanket statement there, but really considering that that's deep. Absolutely. So so let me, let me ask you this in this whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Oh yeah. I bet when, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, Hmm. There's, Two things on two like as opposite spectrums. I think one of the most things that I like the biggest thing that I learned about myself is that oh, this feels weird saying, but that I'm capable. Um, wow. Yeah. And that Jesus, even saying that right now, I'm like, but I guess I'm not like I want to like quote that mm. in some insecurity because it just doesn't feel right being confident and bold. But wow. we're called to be that, so I'm gonna proclaim it. Um, Come on. But yeah. yeah. So I learned that I'm capable, um, so anything can be learned, any skill set can, you know, be had, and um, I didn't believe that, like, you know, in the same way where, like, if you run a mile and that was, like, your max for the day, that's not where it ends, there's, like, this idea, and, you know, with our physical body that, like, tomorrow I can run a better mile, mm-hmm. and, like, over time it's going to get better and easier, Yeah. Um, with business, it's, I, I it took me forever to develop that idea or to believe in the process of iteration that mm. I can make changes and evolve over time. Like I don't have to launch, you know, all 10 departments of, you know, what I want evermore to be yeah. overnight. Yeah. Um, 
And I remember Israel sharing with me a long time ago that 7-Eleven, remember when he worked for mm-hmm. them? Um, yeah. 7-Eleven, however many years ago, was just an ice shop, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was an ice shop because it meant, like, that was the need of the neighborhood at that time. They needed ice and mm-hmm. people didn't have, you know, fridges and appliances to be able to house ice. So it was like a daily place where he just met those needs. Yeah. Um, and now an $84 billion company, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, so just the idea that evolved over time that mm. I think my resistance to that was the second part that I learned is that it's really hard for me to um, let go of what the should or the need to be perfect mm. off the bat. Um, yeah. Whew, yeah. And, and in that, it forces you to like redefine success and really align that to your core, what success means to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are three things. <laughs> Yo, that's so deep. I I want to ask questions, but I don't know if it's too personal. But this is just so no, not at all. <laughs> so, because I I think that you know I struggle with that. I know a lot of people struggle with this. Just this idea of feeling capable and letting go mm-hmm. of the perfection and embracing the the difficulty and the and the ups and the downs and the disappointments and the failures and not letting that be our identity and who we are and what we contribute to society like what for let's say there's somebody listening listening right now and they're like man i really want to start this business i really want to start um i really want to do pursue this i want to pursue that but i don't know if i have what it takes to do it um, what would be your advice, like just from like what you've learned in, in in the process and the journey of understanding that you are capable and you do have what it takes, and and that um, the the process being imperfect has no no real bearing on who you are, but really it's part of the journey for anybody and everybody actually that is trying to build something. Uh, what would you say to that person that's struggling with fighting to believe that they're worth or capable to do what they believe that they're called to do yeah um i think two parts so like there's things like you can be like emotionally actually no i'll take that back um to be honest i would say yeah you're probably not capable right now but that's because you haven't tried like Mm. if i tried to you know pick up i don't know or have like 50 pounds i'm probably gonna struggle and you know but again with like our physical bodies and other things you're like oh but i can you know condition myself or mm-hmm. exercise or you know train myself to get there yeah so i think that like what we really expect is like the first time we do things for it to pop off wow. um, i'll be super honest the first day that i <laughs> july 6th i'll never get 2018 i like clicked launch and i don't know who i thought i was <laughs> but i thought i was gonna get like a swarm of orders <laughs> and nothing happened and then a whole like 12 hours goes by and I finally get a notification and it was my best friend. <laughs> Beth from Dallas was like, Beth ordered something. And it was like something too bad. I didn't think that she would get. Mm. So it was just like, oh, like, oops, is this what I spent the last two years doing, you know? Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, at that very moment, God was like, listen, if you got 20 orders, you don't even have the capacity wow. to fulfill those. Come you don't on. even know how you're going to package things. Mm. I had no idea how people shipped out items. I just wanted this like overnight success because mm. I somehow thought I'd be, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. Oh, I know exactly what I think you're talking like, about. I, yeah, like I wasn't capable. I wasn't ready. But through sticking it through and like really just committing to this whole process, like 
now I'm able to fulfill X amount of orders a day, and it's not as hard as it was last month or the mm-hmm. month before. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think starting things is just like I almost see it as like an open invitation to like, do you want to develop or do you want to grow, rather than like, do you want success? Do you want to make money by doing this? Like, which yeah. is how like entrepreneurship is branded is like. Did you know that you can make X amount of money by doing this? And you're like, oh, wait, that's easy, you know? Yeah. And you're like, sign me up for this master class or whatever. And it's really not that at all. Yeah. Um, you have to wear a lot of hats. Like, I don't know nothing about taxes at mm. all. And I've, you know, thank God for this extension. So delightful. <laughs> but like, doing my taxes for business is something I don't know how to do at all. Mm. Uh, so if I was to like weigh in all the things that I'm not good at before I started, I don't think I would have wow. ever gotten started. here. I think it's just yeah. trusting the process. That's so good. You know that that reminds me, I was actually talking to my cousin Yoni uh, about this, mm-hmm. something similar to this today. And we were just talking about, you know, I think I can relate to that as a church planter where you plant a church and you're like, oh my gosh, this church has to blow up in the next 24 yeah. hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I remember we uh, we put on an event <clears throat> back in the fall with Preston Perry. And mm-hmm. we just we just had a huge turnout more than, not more than we expected, but more than we were maybe anticipating. I don't know. It was just more yeah. than we thought. Yeah. And, and also it was snowing really hard that day. So a lot of people that even wanted to come out didn't come out because of the weather. And so if the weather didn't get in the way, it would have even been bigger. And truth be told, our team felt the weight of the people that were there. Like we felt understaffed. We felt like we didn't have enough volunteers. We didn't. And we, I just remember thinking like, man, like even if God were to bless us with the very thing that we're hoping for, would we even be in position to be faithful with it? Man, that's so true. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so true. you know, we want this like overnight success like you were talking about, but I think like we have to be committed to the process because the process makes us better. The process grows us. The process teaches us. The process uh, enlightens us. And so, man, I really resonate with that a hundred percent. And you know, it is like at the end of the day, like that moment you had where you're like, who do who do you think? Who do I think I am? Like, I feel like I have that time and time again where you're like, yo, just because I put out a podcast episode doesn't mean it's going to get like hundreds and thousands of hits. You know, like, what do you what do I think? You know, like nobody knows who I am. You know what I mean? And yeah. so but that like and, and, I, and I wanted to speak on that a little bit because I think, like you said, that hinders us from starting. But I think it's mm-hmm. really a blessing, you know, I, I don't know, like, if you want to speak to this a little bit, but, you know, we always want to celebrate the the end, the end game, but we never really talk about the journey. And like you said, Absolutely. I think when we don't preach the journey or when we don't uh, inform people about the journey, we can really deceive and manipulate people even, you know, and so in this journey, like what, what, what do you, what would you say to people? Like what, what should they expect as they start? I know for one, they're not going to pop off in the first 24 hours, but what else has the journey taught you? And and what, what would you say to those that want to start? But because maybe we, 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 we deceive ourselves because I know for me, it's really easy when you start something and it's not successful to think that that's not what you're meant to do. Um, in actuality, that's actually part of the journey. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to, you're supposed to yeah. be pushed back. But what would you say about the journey for those who are listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved everything that you said. Um, as far as the journey, like 
you know, just not just sharing the highlights of that. Um, I know it's like a cliche statement, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, is for me, I see the journey as more so of an avenue. So it's an avenue for God to teach me discipline. Um, mm-hmm. It's an avenue of God to teach me about failure, to teach mm-hmm. me about connection, mm-hmm. um, teach me about what it looks like to build, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. being slow. Mm. Um, so just for me, the journey is an avenue and without so the avenue, I really don't know what else I would have learned these things. And, um, of course I can say church and absolutely church, but even that, you know, the role that I play is not as, um, is not as high stakes as the role that Israel played or that you would probably identify with as a pastor. Um, and so this was like my little, my little project, my little, you know, experiment, like I said earlier, mm. um, to really learn these things and, um, like I said, it like I talking to that lady at that store, mm. um, the foreigner that I was mentioning earlier, um, and just like I don't know, I guess you represented like every avatar on this planet to me. <laughs> but uh, that was a real spiritual but, moment, yeah. huh? <laughs> Man, it really was. And I always think like, had it not been for that, and had I, you mm. know, after college, you know, got a job at a lab, and of course I probably would have enjoyed it. I I did really enjoy what I did. Um, mm. You know, had it not been for this Evermore journey, I don't know if I would have learned to get back up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been okay with the process of iteration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, iteration is huge to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think the journey, like, you have to see it as this is my school where I'm going to learn these things. And, you know, some classes will be hard, some classes will be easy, but either way, I'm going to come out better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when your focus is on that, like character development mm-hmm. and emotional development mm-hmm. um, and just building resilience within yourself, like, to be really honest, I really don't care if I don't sell another earring. Like, my, mm-hmm. I've never been tied to my product. Wow. Um, my, like, my highlights is not in, in, oh, my gosh, like, look what I made, you know? Just, I don't know, for, mm-hmm. that's just me. Some people... Um, they are really tied to the product and that's cool too. But just for me, I'm, I don't know. I think God really drilled it into me that this is so much so about, mm-hmm. um, about the journey. And I mean, even like with like the parables, you know, that Christ shares, like I have this big poster in my, um, our second bedroom, which I use as an office forevermore. I have this like verse, um, from Luke five that talks about, you know, when the fishermen were out, mm-hmm. And like out fishing or whatever, and they were unsuccessful, you know, but in his presence with his direction, they became su- successful. So the verse that I had put up, um, it says, put out into the deeper part and let down your nest, mm. um, your nets for a catch. And that's so significant mm. to me, just that small wow. phrase, because it's, it's God's direction and he's asking them, you know, to go into deeper parts. And mm. to me, that's what evermore really is. Wow. And when I started to like live in that why and live in the journey rather than the results, like I truly, I don't know how to explain it to you. Like, I truly came alive. Mm-hmm. And then in that though, it doesn't end there. Like Christ wasn't sharing these stories to be entertaining. He was using <laughs> it as a template for like kingdom building, you know? Wow, yeah. So now I am helping with the church plant. I'm not as discouraged as I normally would be. And I don't really care if, you know, if this Sunday went bad, because I know that it'll get better over time. And, you know, you almost like condition your mind mm-hmm. to, to being okay with the process um and mm. thank god i have these like moments to practice um in before like there's bigger stakes but one day i want to be a mom and i don't you know i don't want to go through failure in the way that i did with evermore you know like yeah. i want to be a little stronger then you know yeah so yeah man that... Ooh, i need to get some water that was a lot <laughs> that was really good too thank you for sharing that um <laughs> i want to you know 
um, ask you, I have a lot of questions to be honest, but just for time's sake, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about support and why supporting one another is important. And so, um, you know, especially in um, the cultural climate we're in, where it just seems like more and more people are uh, being emboldened and really pursuing their dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. What does support look like for you? And maybe you've learned this as you're building ever. Like for me, I didn't really realize what support truly was until I started a podcast or I went out and um, followed uh, a dream of mine and pursued something. And, and I started to learn a little bit more about what I believe about support and what support looks like and how, um, it plays out, plays itself out. And so I just kind of, cause I know you're, you're building something amazing with Evermore and, um, in the journey, I know you've had people that are supporting you and walking with you, but what does support mean for you? And why do you think it's important as we're, uh, venturing out into the unknown of following our dreams? Yeah, um, I think support is crucial. Um, definitely not talking about just financial or, you know, mm-hmm. copying a product or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Support was fueled to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I actually remember, you know, initially, I mean, I still deal with it, but initially when imposter syndrome was mm-hmm. a lot bigger of a thing um, than it is now for me, um, I remember I was FaceTiming. Um, I don't know if you ever met Galila from Dallas, um, mm-hmm. but... I was uh, FaceTiming one of my closest friends and she was in her classroom and like in the corner of her FaceTime, I saw this like wooden piece that I had made for her. Uh, actually, I didn't really make it for them. I um, I made it as like practice. So their wedding was like the next up for me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things I practiced like laser cutting was their wedding. And um, I, I, what do you call it? I cut out their last name with wood and it was like this little piece. And I remember like, trying to paint it this is the color and didn't turn out and it had like all these lumpy layers like i was so embarrassed of that and mm-hmm. she had found it in my car i was like i'm keeping this wow but anyways not she didn't only keep it but she put it on her desk where all her students see like every single day wow. and i remember thinking like you take me that seriously wow. like something that i literally thought was trash like wow. to her was like this means a lot and mm-hmm. i oh i can get emotional talking about her and sam um, and then within like that same time, I remember uh, right when we we're about to move, they gave me a gift card and it was to Michael's, which is a craft store. And they're like, see, this is your first investment. Mm. Okay. I'm actually getting goosebumps, but yeah, I'm um, getting goosebumps too. <laughs> <laughs> that like, that made me so like, you take me that seriously to, you know, like to, they almost addressed me as the person I wish I thought I, like, I wish I was. Mm. Um, and they were like, they were the first to ever call me creative. They were the first to be like, I would so buy that. Um, mm. I would practice cultures and put it in my like trash pile and they still have it in their house, you know, mm. and they use it. And it's just like, I don't know, when somebody takes you seriously in that way, it is priceless. And yeah. it is things that when I, you know, can't find it in myself to do that, um, I think of those moments of like, all right, if Gully and Sam thing is cool, then like, I, I guess this is, you know, I guess this is something, mm. but, um, so yeah, so I don't think support has to mean, you know, po- repost my earrings every day. Like I get yeah. tired of posting my own earrings, so I can't even imagine, <laughs> you know, repost that, but I think just truly believing in some people. And I think if mm. we all chose like three to four people to pour into, yeah. um, it could be so powerful. Um, yeah. something that Israel and I do for, um, 
people that are in full-time ministry, there's like, you know, a certain percentage of our income that's allocated just to support mm. people in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you kind of have, like, in my opinion, you almost have to make space for it because yeah. there's always like good intention. Um, even with your posts, like I'm literally on the other side of the phone, like, Oh, boo, that's so good. Or like, you know, and I'm just <laughs> now learning, like I should probably comment and let, like, let him know that these are like, this is helpful or whatever. You don't think those things are important, you know? Mm. Um, and so like, I guess you're on the receiving end, but, but yeah, I think, support doesn't have to be financial um to be so brief um, it, yeah. it just means like invest or pour into a few people um and then the other side of that though is you know take support as data so like there was a time mm. where i thought like my throw pillows that had ethiopia on them you know that i made at home were gonna like fly off the charts and they didn't and i mean <laughs> it, it to a certain extent when i sold that like ethiopian markets you know all all your aunties bought them but then online mm. i was like like I'm like, why is there not as much feedback on this as I thought there would be, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison yeah. to earrings where there's a lot more feedback. So that lack of support for me was like a learning tool. Like, okay, your audience is probably not decorating their home. So you're not really meeting a need or, you know, mm-hmm. offering something that they would enjoy. Um, and the lack of support could also be feedback in the sense that, you know, do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that, yo, there's so much to say there. I actually, <clears throat> I remember, and I, I should call Israel and let him know about that. I don't <laughs> think he even knows about this, but the very first podcast episode I ever did with, it was with Messiah. This is like 2017. This is when we first were getting started. Literally, yeah. the, the, the episode was recorded on a snowball mic. Uh, <laughs> it was, the quality was trash. Like, I literally had Messiah on speakerphone and just pull it up to <laughs> the snowball mic. And I remember, like, I put it out, and I was like, let's see what happens. I remember Israel called me and encouraged me. I was like, yo, that was an amazing episode. I can't wait for more. Yeah, and I remember, like, I don't, yeah, I should call him and really tell him about this. But I remember that was, like, special because I was like, okay, at least we have one listener. And it it impacted at least one person, and that gave me the strength for the second episode. You know what I mean? And it's so dope. I love that. Yeah. And so I Israel think is the biggest fan. If there's like a biggest fan award, it would he would definitely win. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing, you know, but you know, I always tell people, uh, you know, encouragement is supernatural. There there's something yeah. about um sh- sharing words with others that does something for them. And so you know, and, and I love how you said support is not just financial, but there's yeah. more to it. And so, yeah, let me let me ask you this, like for those that may feel discouraged, like and they're starting or trying to start um, and maybe not have people around them that believe in them and speak life into to them. Mm. Just kind of speak to that a little bit and speak to like the kind of people they should look for in order to kind of um, gain support like that, because. I'll tell you this, if I didn't have people that were supporting me, I don't think we would be here three years later with Shaping the Culture, hands down, yeah, you know what I mean? And so, and I know this yeah. is the same for you and Evermore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a very tough situation to be in where you you don't know who your um, support circle is. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the root could be it's just non-existent or the root could be you just didn't talk about it or you didn't open mm-hmm. up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know a huge thing for me is to like 
why was Galila um, as like an anchoring support system rather than my sister or whatever was really because like I talked to Galila about it more, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. so um, I'm not saying support is inevitable, but I think, I think there has to be like a level of like bravery of like, Hey, I think I'm thinking about starting this so and good. kind of just putting it out there. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I, it's really scary to be vulnerable, you know? Um, yeah. And I think the, the definition of it is being susceptible to judgment. And at first I was like, so why do we prove this to be a good thing again? You know, <laughs> but the other side of that is like, you can also have being vulnerable opens your doors for encouragement as well, you mm-hmm. know? So just taking that risk of vulnerability and opening up. Uh, and then the second part, which probably is not good advice, but I would say like, you know, find two to three people that inspire you. And it could be, you know, somebody big or somebody that is random on social media um, and just really follow their journey. I'm pretty sure um, they mm-hmm. vlogged their process somewhere, somehow, you know, mm-hmm. and probably have a lot of like inspiration nuggets that you can use um, to, um, I don't know, to kind of feel a little bit more confident. Um, yeah. I like, I love listening to like where other people got their inspiration from and finding out like, oh, that's not where I would think you would. You know, like somebody mm-hmm. was like, oh, I go to museums and they're like a musical artist. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, you go to a contemporary <laughs> art museum for inspiration, you know? So I remember like trying out like unconventional ways to get inspired um and it works for me you know but yeah so i'd say those two things like like open up or like don't be afraid to reach out slide into those dms you know um to kind of develop that but that's something that we really need if there's one you know space that's heavily lacking is um a space for support especially in business um ventures so good yeah no that's real i remember um just listening to this podcast episode i forgot what it was but the the person curating the podcast brought up a story with uh are you familiar with ryan leslie the producer okay so he he was building something and the person that he was sharing it with just knocked him just knocked the whole uh idea and he's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a stupid idea. It'll never work out or what have you. And then Ryan Leslie um, gave this beautiful, beautiful analogy where he's just like, all right, look at look at the iPhone 4. And then look mm-hmm. at the iPhone 10. You know what I mean? He's just like, we all supported the iPhone 4, even though it wasn't as great as the iPhone 10. Yeah. And he's just like, do me the favor of growing with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I know I this is, that. yeah, I know this is, um, not the best. I know it's not where it could be, but grow with mm-hmm. me. I'm going somewhere. And yeah. I think that, you know, I think that's what the beauty of support is. I think, cause sometimes we think we have to support people that are killing it. Um, mm-hmm. but no support is so much more powerful in the journey and it's just growing Absolutely. with people and saying, Hey, you're getting yeah. better each time, man. Those earrings were amazing. Hey, I love, and by the way, like I, I really think that um, that's what true friendship is, is speaking into the potential of somebody and not where that person okay. is. You know, that's how that's you, true. you know, we're all, you know, as you know, as church planters, you know, you're always thinking about, you're always learning how to be a better leader. And one of the things I learned about being a, uh, a better leader is, uh, you know, you, you can't speak to people where they're at. You have to speak to them um, with the end in mind, who you see Absolutely. them becoming, you know, and Absolutely. Uh, I know that that means a whole lot. That's so good. Yeah. So, man, thank you so much. You shared so many gems. Um, I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, give us um, 
any last advice or tips or just anything you've learned from the journey and then I want you to let people know where they can purchase your stuff or check your stuff out or learn more about you yeah um cool last last piece of advice I would say just start just do it um yeah. I recently posted that the Shia LaBeouf video where he goes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah true like um yeah just start and and like be patient with yourself give yourself grace um you're yeah. not going to be the greatest day one and that's okay like, it's totally okay to be a beginner yeah. everyone was a beginner of every like of whatever we see all the things that we appreciate you know now um had its beginning stages too so mm-hmm. i would definitely say just like just start um mm-hmm. and as you do that really just the earlier you discover your why i think um the bigger your capacity you know to grow will be um but yeah and then as far as where you can find me uh, my website is evermoredesigns.co okay and um i post most of my stuff um when i'm in the mood (laughs) on my instagram which is ray.evermore so yeah that's where you can find me awesome y'all check her stuff out she's killing it she has if i man you got you got it you got to think of the fellas i i i really i'm trying to rock are you thinking about doing uh earring for a guy at all because the guys be wearing earrings too or is, is you just keeping it for the women you know i tried but it's not it right now <laughs> i've so everything that you see on my website like i've rocked personally for like two months before you know yeah um just to test it out so I'm just not there yet. <laughs> For sure. Um, but I'm going to try. Angel's going to really start to do that. So. For sure. We'll see. For sure. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Fellas, get it. Support her. Buy it for your girl. Buy it for your wife. Whatever. Yes. What have you. You know what I mean? Um, that's hilarious. But thank you so but much. Thank right? you. Huh? Yeah. I want to say thank you to you. Like, even like, you know, being asked to be on a podcast. I'm like, wait, why me? You know? So. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It really is like a confidence booster. Um, and I really do pray that, you know, somebody out there listening could identify with, you know, the things that we both shared about the journey of building something. Mm. Um, but yeah, what you're doing is incredible. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, really thank you for hopping on just don't forget us you know when you blow up make sure you you make some time for shaping the culture once you're too busy (laughs) (laughs) i got you i got you (laughs) no honestly like i believe in you and i think what you're doing is incredible and um, i'm excited for what god's going to do through you and through evermore and uh yeah this is only the beginning and so we're going to grow with you amen thank you i appreciate that yeah thank you listeners for tuning in um I hope this blessed you. I hope this encouraged you. Reach out to Ray if this uh, spoke to you in any way and you have some more questions for her. Feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, until next time, family, peace and grace.